Hi, I'm Sophie. Hi, I'm Mark. And this is You Know What I Like, where we sit down each month and flail about something we're unhealthily obsessed with. You Know What I Like, Charmed. Charmed is a TV show created by Constance M. Burge and produced by Aaron Spelling, which ran from 1998 to 2006. It focuses on the Halliwell sisters, Prue, played by Shannon Doherty, Piper, played by Holly Marie Coombs, and Phoebe, played by Alyssa Milano. The sisters discover that not only are they witches with supernatural powers, but they are actually the Charmed Ones, destined to play a role in the fight against evil. The show balances light-hearted episodes full of wacky costumes and guest stars with more serious, overarching plot lines, but they always return to the importance of family and sisterhood. The show had a major change at the start of season four with the departure of Doherty's Prue, who was replaced by a newly discovered half-sister called Paige, played by Rose McGowan. This was swiftly followed by the departure of the original creator, Constance M. Burge, at the end of season four, and the show's tone and focus changed going forward. Despite this, it ran for a total of eight seasons and was a firm fan favorite. More recently, the show has spawned a comic offshoot and a new reboot was recently announced, launching in October 2018. As of recording, this is yet to air, but the fan reaction has been intense and mixed, with some of the actresses speaking out against it. A good place to always start is for me to go, So Mark, what did you think of Charmed? My general like awareness of the show was that I always thought that it was like a little bit trashy, without having watched any of it, like just from like a general like awareness. Yeah. But I think that that comes from the fact that it was like a show made like come late 90s. Yeah. Um, and they all have like a very, very similar look. It's definitely like of its time. And as I said, they have a lot of lighthearted episodes where they wear wacky costumes and like, oh, there's leprechauns and stuff like that. So I can definitely like see why you would have that impression for sure. But like since watching like a few episodes, I'm someone who like, I'm that kind of like annoying person who can fall asleep during anything. And like, I genuinely like didn't even come close to falling asleep like I'm watching Charmed. Oh, thank God. I'm glad it turned out this way around. Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, I slept through them all. I got some like vague words in my brain. <laughs> yeah. So like it made me start to ask the question of why I find this era's TV so appealing. But I genuinely did find it very interesting. Yeah. Can I give my background quickly? Please do. Everyone is always surprised. I say everyone. Some family friends who are really big on Charmed are always shocked when they find out that I didn't watch Charmed as a child because child Sophie would have been all over Charmed. Oh, she yeah. would have loved it. Yeah, absolutely. However, I don't think it aired on like a channel that we had or like I would just, I just, we didn't watch it. Um, I feel like it would air on five. Yeah, what I actually did, there's a, I follow this Twitter feed which tells you when things are coming off of Netflix. Oh yeah, So same, that you same. know. And um, with a month's notice, I found out that Charmed was coming off of Netflix and I was like oh I'll just watch it because uh, this was when I was unemployed mm-hmm. I was through my brief spell of being unemployed and I just decided how much charm can I physically watch in a month before they remove it from it altogether um, and you thought that like um eight seasons was a reasonable I amount I didn't think that I'd be able to do all of it <laughs> okay. but like my logic was if I do as much as possible yeah. then I can see whether I want to then pay to own it spoiler alert I did pay to own it I got very into it mm-hmm. I got I, I got like into 
to like season two somewhere and then it it got taken off and i was like well shit sophie we've got to pay money now because we're yeah. too emotionally invested and now you own the whole dvd box set now i own all eight seasons yes i do mm-hmm. which are currently serving as my mic stand <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy to be able to help <laughs> it's part of the show you know like it's like yes. really part of the show obviously eight seasons of a show is a lot to talk about we found this out when we did our buffy episode it was yeah. hard to focus do you have like an um overall like vague summary of like a format like of an episode or whatever episodes tend to be one of two things largely essentially as the show goes on there are main themes that recur all the time it's how do you balance being a witch and also like the desire to have a normal life very buffy-esque there there'll also be overarching plot lines you know and again my point of comparison a lot of this time is buffy because that's like you know one of the first shows we both watched Mm -hmm. you know buffy had monster of the week and then you had the big bad yeah charmed is quite similar in many ways and so then there'll be the big bad overarching plot lines which will pan across the season but then also sometimes they'll feed into other seasons as well so we've got this mix of um like self-contained light-hearted things and then much more serious big oomphy plot lines that go round. um like i think that that is like a format as we said that is very much of its time that like a lot of shows like if you've watched like a lot of like american tv in that 10 year period then you've seen this kind of show but also i think it's also worth acknowledging that charmed was one of the first ones to do that like okay charmed and buffy sort of set a lot of oh you have a supernatural show what are the formats it takes what are the mm. topics that are explored stuff like that i feel like they were some of one of the first ones and things that we now take for granted as like typical of the genre mm-hmm. maybe a slightly typical of the genre because like they were set up that way by these earlier shows okay well like i feel like in that period generally like, you are getting like a lot more serialized genre fiction on tv yeah and also um aaron spelling who um was the producer for this uh he actually worked on um beverly hills 90210 mm-hmm. which is why shannon doherty is in it but although that is a completely different genre a lot of our cw dramas and stuff like this will be heavily like influenced by the generic conventions that were set up by that mm-hmm yeah so like you know yeah these are people who have like a precedent of like how do we do a show with like overarching plot lines but also like fun little eps in between to keep you like not depressed okay <laughs> um do you want to do like a little bit of setup for the characters and their general relationship okay so like our original three sisters prue is the older sister she is sort of like the responsible one but she has a bit of a darker past that comes into play sometimes piper is the middle sister she very much is like middle sister syndrome of she's very much like the peacemaker stuff like that but then as the show goes on she develops and especially when prue leaves and piper becomes the eldest sister she becomes a lot more like confident in asserting herself stuff like that uh phoebe is the younger sister who is when the show starts much more rebellious has a bit more of a troubled contemporary time rather than Prue's troubled past but again as the show goes on Phoebe grows and she becomes a very much more like a compassionate caring person and then when Prue leaves um, we get introduced to Paige who is um, a lost half sister their mother had an affair with her white lighter and white lighters are sort of kind of like they're not angels but 
but like if a really good person dies they sort of have the opportunity to become a white lighter and they help people who need them like witches in need and stuff like this mm-hmm. so Paige is an interesting because she's half witch half white lighter okay which comes into play as again as the show goes on like that gets explored more mm-hmm. so they didn't just like replace Prue with like another witch they also brought in like a new angle okay can I just say that I found their names very confusing for a very well they all begin time. with P I know like when like, I was like <laughs> trying to make a few notes like yeah. I would make a note being like oh like Piper has done this and I was like nope Phoebe Phoebe yeah. did this <laughs> um, and then honourable mentions are um, Leo is the charmed one's white lighter and as the show goes on Leo and Piper form a relationship and they get married and they have children together and another big character is Cole who is a love interest of Phoebe's who is originally a demon and Cole originally starts off as a demon who's trying to split the charmed ones apart and take them out and kill them and then he goes on a much more complex character growth where he is good and then he's evil again and blah 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 and there's this whole like back and forth thing involving Phoebe and stuff like this they're like your big characters mm-hmm. but obviously it's eight seasons so there's like a whole load more <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to start with with the very simple question of who is your favourite sister good lord it's hard right <laughs> in the first few seasons I really liked Phoebe because mm. Phoebe has such a lovely growth she starts off as someone who is you know she's she's not very close to her sisters because she's quite disruptive and rebellious and all stuff like this um how old is she meant to be because I'm very confused I don't know I don't know how old any of them are meant to be if like I'm with because you. they keep acting as though they have to like basically like parent Phoebe like I watched the episode where they try to restrict the films that she's going to see but yeah. the actress looks like 25 so I'm very confused yeah. they really baby Phoebe yeah um but yeah she starts and she's really you know she is the baby one but then as it goes on she really grows into herself and she becomes someone who is she's very compassionate and she's very loving and she's very part of her powers become the power of empathy and that was really reflected in like who she is as a person mm. and then there is like a plot line which I don't really like. (laughs) Um, Is it the coal plot line? It's the coal plot. (laughs) Around season four, season five, what happens is I get really annoyed with Cole. When Cole first comes on the scene and he is a demon, Prue, as eldest sister, is really suspicious of Cole, but Phoebe is into Cole and there's this whole like wedge between them and it's part of his tactic is to like divide them up because of it and stuff. You go through all of this and their love for each other, he ends up turning good and then Prue dies. Paige comes in and then you have this plot line where like Paige is really suspicious of Cole and it's like oh is Cole maybe he's 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 not so good anymore has he started being evil again and it's driving a wedge between the sisters and I just felt like Phoebe's character stopped growing and she was stuck at this place and I felt like we were repeating the plot line that we'd already had and from that sort of point onwards I felt like Phoebe became much more one dimensional like even to the last season it's oh she wants to find her love oh does she want to have a child oh if she's going to have a child she needs to find the man she loves and I just felt like she stopped having this delightful character growth which I really liked and she was like reduced down to like one dimensional a bit more Mm -hmm. and then as the seasons went on I started to like Piper a bit more because I felt like Piper had she's a mum she's got these two kids but she's also like a warrior and she's really kick-ass and she's like allowed to express anger and she's really like powerful in many ways and stuff like this but then again as the seasons went on and it got to like the end I was like oh maybe I feel like maybe Piper's like got a little bit like stagnant a bit as well and I I just went through this with all of them essentially (laughs) because um spoiler alert 
I didn't love the final season of the show, uh-huh. which we will discuss. So, like, I find it really hard to say who my favorite is because I had different favorites at different points, and I'm not always happy with where their character progression went. But I also still love them all like loads because I'm too emotionally attached. Okay. How was you? Who was your favorite based on the smattering of episodes that you watched? Yes. Yeah, see, like, um, I didn't really get like a lot of time with them, so like, I didn't get this like stagnation. Yeah. So like, I just got like quick snapshots of who they are as characters yeah i'd really hated Paige. Paige was bad <laughs> like i only saw like on one episode and i was like Paige, you are boring i don't like you <laughs> like she might improve i don't know but the one i saw was not good and like she's not a very good actress and like one of the first notes that i made is the the three like prue piper and phoebe are all really really good at crying oh yes god yes like um every time like they cry i cry <laughs> yeah a hundred percent yeah oh there is just to interrupt briefly mm-hmm. when shannon doherty departed when they filmed the finale of season three they didn't know who was going to be leaving because there were issues between the actresses mm-hmm. so it was a bit up in the air so they didn't film her dying so the first episode of season four obviously the actress is not on she's not part of it but they still had to do her dying and piper carries that like she Mm -hmm. her entire like emotional growth moment of you can tell she's dealing with it but she's not dealing with it and blah blah and eventually she breaks down and it makes me sob okay (laughs) she's got like a willow rosenberg like you cry i cry type thing going on yeah in that vein yeah i really really liked prue from what i saw yeah so like i watched the the episode where they flash forward like into the future yeah yeah, and yeah. prue has this like realization where she is like obsessed with work yeah and and then she has the flash forward and she's like entirely alone and she's like i do not want this in my life and like i feel like i could really really relate with that and her yeah. general attitude of like i'm trying to keep peace with my two sisters who are like causing mayhem and not taking things seriously like a lot of the time so like I thought that like I would like watch the season 3 finale because I thought like like if I watch that then I'll get like a big like emotional climax of her death <laughs> no no absolutely nothing happen. absolutely nothing so like that's when I sent you the message of being like okay. I am outraged <laughs> I'm okay because we were really intrigued we were like oh gosh yeah. which one is it yeah. and it's it's many ways it's really sad because she's such a good actress and the character is so great that you I really wanted there to be like this big farewell moment because i i knew she left which is why it was tricky that first episode of season four because you you feel like you've been cheated of your emotional moment but then the way that piper does essentially they just used holly marie combs amazing acting abilities to really like like they weren't able to give you that moment with prue so they gave you the moment with piper instead it was very effective but at the same time you're like but prue okay so like that kind of like um brings us into the problems like and concerns that we had with the show yes so like you said that there's a big shift at the end of season four yes so what is that big shift in your mind to me i felt like the show got a lot more gimmicky so obviously like we love the cheesy episodes they're so much fun and every time the leprechauns with their incredibly awful irish accents speak we find it hilarious etc wait can they come back multiple times they come back multiple (laughs) times and every time their accents are still terrible what are we a bunch of cowards don't forget we speak not just for ourselves but for each of our tribes as well and i say we stay and fight the demon fight 
But we ain't got no way to fight him. You know that Seamus. That ain't true. Mr. S finds it so funny. But like, it's part of it. And you know. Okay. But I liked in the first, definitely the first three seasons. And then the fourth season, you do have a little bit of like negotiating with the new sister. But even when you have all the, the gimmicky episodes and stuff like this, there's always this core where you return to what's important is the sisterhood. And it's always like at the end of the day, it comes back to the sisters and how much they love each other and how like they'll always be there for each other and the importance of their bond and how like the power of three will only work if they are like a unified front and stuff like this and i i've always loved that sisterhood dynamic you know sometimes shows have found families but then sometimes shows just have really bloody great families Mm -hmm. i found going forward later in the series that just wasn't present so much okay there's two things Number one with the gimmicks is our costumes get a lot more exploitative. (laughs) I saw that like in the Mermaid episode, but I was like, those are her breasts right there. I understand that like Alyssa Milano and Holly Marie Coombs were executive producers on the show. Therefore, they probably like, you know, they were probably absolutely fine with all the stuff going on. And probably wasn't an issue to them, etc. However, you can't deny that the use of revealing costumes increases dramatically (laughs) and often for no great purpose. Often we've just got like, oh, this is an episode is an excuse for them all to be superheroes now and oh now we're amazonians and stuff and it was just although it's always been a girl power show like that sort of late 90s early noughties like we are empowering women type thing Mm -hmm. and i felt like some of the empowerment leaves and especially um i have big issues with cole and phoebe's relationship later in the show i feel like it's extremely exploitative i feel like it's really much like an abusive relationship but i feel like sometimes the show isn't portraying it like that so like there's one where like cole wants to like turn phoebe into like oh like a mummy or not like a mummy mummy but like a egyptian goddess or something i can't really remember very well who are you oh cole turner i used to be the source of all evil i feel like i already know you we've got so much in common we're both trying to get our love back unfortunately your love is currently in my love and that's where we have our little problem your love doesn't want you back i can feel it yeah But that's where you come in. I want you to mummify her for me, put her on ice for a while, at least until I can figure out a way to win her back. There's using these things as a way of, like, exploiting and disempowering her and stuff, which I felt uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know, like, I still love the show. I still enjoyed watching it. I don't mean to just go on, like, a rant. Mm-hmm. But that's what I've done. But um <laughs> I mean, like um this can be your like charmed therapy. Charmed therapy. It's just and I don't want to be that one who was like it was better and then it got popular. But um But kind of. No, but like for example like the final season I felt like was just done because they could i didn't feel like the final season really added much to the storyline mm-hmm. um especially like they couldn't even afford to pay like leo they couldn't afford to pay for him to be in all the episodes so they like conveniently write him off for a bit so that he's they don't have to pay his paycheck essentially okay wow and like they reuse a lot of the the sets because you can tell that they don't have the money to like be doing all these like little one shots and stuff so we spend a lot of time in like magic school again and stuff like this and it was just it makes me a bit sad sometimes some of the later episodes because you're like oh we had all these good things going and then it just went a bit rubbish and it just it tied back into this feeling which i had a little bit about the later series which is that a lot of the time um in the later series the charmed ones don't really seem to want to actually be helping people anymore (laughs) 
<laughs> what so like even they're bored of the show at this point there's a lot of the time they just seem quite resentful for uh-huh. how being charmed like and i i understand again to make another comparison with buffy it is that thing where it's like you aren't able to have a normal life and it impacts your relationships and you don't, they don't have any friends there's no friends in charmed where are all the friends True. they don't exist <laughs> but it did feel like towards some of the later series like they they, they did it because it was like oh we're the charmed ones we do this but you know like in the earlier seasons like they want to help people they want to you know they want to be witches it's like although they have difficulties with it like they do want to help people mm-hmm. and then like it just as the seasons got on felt a little bit more like they were a little bit more resentful <laughs> yeah like it's like while i can believe that in like a real life sense like in terms of like i've been doing this now for five years yeah and like i want to stop but that like doesn't really make great tv if you just keep doing it like over and over again while complaining about it i just felt like it got to a they were just got we got a bit messy Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stop complaining now because there are so many things I love about this show. But like, yes. if I'm lodging some complaints, then's that. Yeah. Uh, can I say one thing that I really liked about it, or like, um, like one thing that like I read about it? Yes, please do many things. So like, um, I read that there seems to be like a lot of things because, like, you mentioned that um Piper and Leo have kids. Yeah. Like, I read some about the fact that like a lot of their kids come back from the future. Yes one of my favorite bits and i really like the sound of that because that sounds like very very x-men and like i'm very like on board with that whole like general convolution of it if i could have got you to watch that entire arc i would have but it felt like too much (laughs) for podcast prep probably yeah it's so good because what happens is um this guy called chris just turns up and he's like oh i i know stuff Mm-hmm. And so you don't know who he is at first, and then it's revealed to you later that he is Piper and Leo's second child, who is yet to be born. Mm-hmm. It turns out he's come back in time, and it turns out what it is is that their eldest child, Wyatt, turns evil, and he's the big bad. I'm sensing some real issues here. Oh, you're damn right there are issues. You can't just pop in from the future and play with people's lives because your big brother picked on you. He picked on the world, Phoebe. I'm not finished. And... It just, it's such a good overarching plot line of, first of all, like, you don't really trust Chris. Who is Chris? Blah, blah, blah. Then it goes on and then you're like getting hints and you're like, oh, okay, like something's going on here. And then mm-hmm. you get the reveal of who he is, but you still don't know that Wyatt's the big bad. And it's just, I feel like that is one of the plot lines, which they did really, really well. That was one of like the bits that I was like most heavily invested in. And also like, oh God, I, I'm sorry. I'm not just going to go off onto the emotional things. Um, I love the sisterhood. Like I mm-hmm. 100% love that sisterhood. I even didn't even mind when it was Paige being introduced because it was at least like an interesting exploration into like the sisterly dynamics have changed let's see how this plays out yeah I just I love all of it Mark I think they have some really interesting villains as well as things go on like some of the villains are better than others let's be honest but like um, one of the scariest villains has always been Barbus, who he's like this demon who he can find out your greatest fear and he can like trap you in like your greatest fear and exploit that and stuff I know how you kill but there are no elevators around here elevators that's what you think your greatest fear is you mortals need to look deeper down where the real truth lies your greatest fear is losing a sister and i get two for one um so they have some like effective things like that i liked that we also have female characters who are quite different to one another and they're all but they're all like just as strong as each other Mm -hmm. because there's this whole topic to explore 
which I was hoping we could just talk around briefly, which is about like empowerment of women, just to like tie into Barbarella and stuff. Yeah. Because with this reboot that's come out, it was described by the CW as something along the lines of they were like, oh yeah, it's a really feminist show. And then some of the original cast (laughs) got a bit funny about, oh, I thought we'd already done that before. (laughs) They were like, essentially like, you're calling us not feminist. Uh And I just, I feel like maybe there are topics that we could explore where we're looking at like, like we don't have to give like a it is 82 out of 100 feminist or whatever yes how empowering is the show like the good things versus the bad things like that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. like from the like small portion that like i saw yeah they did do what you've said in the past that is like obviously good like in that like you have like three very different types of female character Mm. and that they're not simple human being like basic like one-dimensional characters yeah that they actually like do feel like real people and i feel like that makes it quite feminist i think the portrayal of the sisters it is empowering to have this this i was gonna like this variety of womanhood but also like i do feel like it's important to acknowledge like the limitations of the womanhood that we're shown these are all skinny white straight women yeah. who are moderately well off because they can afford to live in that big house and one of the things that i would say is empowering is like this strong female bonds of the sisterhood but then also they have no female friends <laughs> which bugs me yeah all of their friends are guys which is fine but it bugs me (laughs) so i'm like could we have had one friend who's not daryl's wife um (laughs) like um has she got a name or like is she just like she does have a name i just don't remember what it is because it's been a while that's a bad sign though that like you don't know her name and i i will and also like i feel like it's a very of its time brand of feminism where it's like oh didn't you know like it's it's the woman's job to save the world like that's a quote from it yeah stuff like that like it's very like girl power like us girls we can do anything but also there is a heavy like phoebe's entire character arc towards the end is just i want to find a man so i can have my baby that bums me out but then to contrast that i love that piper is a mum who is also fiercely like she's like a warrior she has some anger issues sometimes but i like think mothers being able to express anger is actually like really empowering in some ways because a lot of the time like like a mother on a tv show is like angelic like oh (laughs) self-sacrificing blah 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 yeah which like piper 100 percent would do she would sacrifice everything for her kids but also like she's angry and she expresses her anger at things and stuff like that and i found that really powerful Mm -hmm. so like my point i think with bringing up this topic of empowerment it's a muddy issue because there are lots of empowering aspects but like they're only empowering to like specific types of women i think like um in that regard like i feel like like it had the problem that like a lot of shows of this era do like as you said where they'll say a line like oh who needs a man in their life and then be like yeah checkbox but then 10 minutes later they're just being like i really need a man you know yeah (laughs) so it's like it's like that thing where like absolutely let's acknowledge that there are aspects of this show which we would deem feminist or whatever you want to call that etc yeah but also like it's 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 not peak it's not pinnacle we could do better i have a question yes do you think you would watch more of charmed i do think that i would watch more so like like it comes back to what i said before about like me really liking this era of tv show yeah where like like i don't think of it as the pinnacle of tv but it's very like enjoyable to watch and like i like what they build up with like how their spells work and like how their roles work like um the fact that they divide the powers between the three of them so they've each got a different power i do 
really like that. And as the show goes on, their powers evolve as well. Like, they sort of can gain powers and lose powers and stuff, which is a nice touch. Yeah. I do... I There is so much There is so much good about this show, which is why I chose it, because I do like it. I do just have, like, some, like, complex feelings towards things. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we haven't seen the reboot because it's not been released yet. So we also and haven't we don't got have re- those connections. We don't have those TV channels. No. But I just mean like we haven't even been able to read reviews of the first episode yet because it's not happened. What if like I had like a surprise now like Sophie we have connections at the CW. That would be great. That would be Because like I feel like okay, can I can I just go through like my emotional reaction to it being announced? Yes, please do. Number one, I was initially like and I still am a bit like we don't need to reboot everything guys. <laughs> Because it was this. It was Buffy's being rebooted. Every single fucking Disney film is getting a live action version. Yes. Have you seen that they're doing a reboot of Adam Lilo and Stitch? In yes, live and I don't see how Stitch can work that in real life. That sounds awful. He's only adorable because he's animated. Could you imagine seeing Stitch in real life? Can you, like, imagine oh, seeing, like, God. Jumbo and Pleakley in, like... I know. It just annoys me so much because not everything needs to be remade. Yeah. Specifically Lilo and Stitch because I fucking love Lilo and Stitch. I watched that film like um, two days ago and was like, this film is so good. Because with Disney specifically, like Maleficent, you're telling a new story. Mm -hmm. Great. All of the other ones that are just, we're going to do the same film, but with people. (laughs) And I'm just like, part of the joy of it is the animation is beautiful. (laughs) It just annoys me no end. Yes. So like initially my feelings towards Charmed was like, does it need to be a reboot? Because I feel like that's part of what the problem is like you could have just done a new story about witches you could even set it in the same universe but i feel like what one of the the issues which people seem to have is that it's playing it's tapping into charmed and it's being like it's charmed but it's not acknowledging the original season and from the trailer it looks a little bit like there are lots of elements of the original show in there and so it's sort of like as if they're erased that the first show happened Mm -hmm. and i can i can see how that would be a problem at the same time i also don't really have a problem with it specifically (laughs) well like you um kind of want some more charmed at the same time more like i think probably the whole thing would have gone down better if they were like we're doing a witchy show and you could do the exact same stuff but just it's a witchy show and it's not charmed Mm -hmm. because like three latina witches one of them likes the ladies stuff like this i'm into it i'm here for it charmed was very (laughs) straight obnoxiously straight at times you could say Uh my little bisexual heart was sometimes like couldn't you just date a woman see that lady over there she's very pretty isn't she look at her well i was like phoebe the men aren't working for you have you considered (laughs) there is some lovely little nymphs over there have yourself some fun like um i can see there like i'm with like a um powerpoint presentation like have you seen this lady have Have you you seen this lady just not (laughs) yeah so like there are there are aspects of this new reboot which I'm like, actually, sounds fun. Mm -hmm. But also, I understand why a lot of people are having this reaction to it. I think some people are having a reaction that is slightly too extreme. For example, if you're sending racist messages to the actresses, you're a piece of shit. Yes. (laughs) Like, that's a a, a level I think we can all agree on. Yes. Like, it's a thing that Mets and Phil um, from um, Alzebo Soup talk about a lot. Like, um, they talked about it with, like, um, the, like, Emoji movie. Yeah. And then, like, in the episode that came out this week as we are recording, they talked about the trailer for the Nutcracker film. But, like, that's basically like a fantasy film that, like, has been labelled as the Nutcracker. 
Oh yeah, totally. Like <laughs> yeah, like so they've used the branding that people know, so that people will go and see it and put it on like an entirely different thing. But I feel like the that the Nutcracker is what I want from I'm using air quotations reboots. Yes, I just it just annoys me stuff that I don't think is old enough to be rebooted. Okay, is being rebooted. Yeah, like it's only been twenty. Like Buffy's having a reboot. It's only been like twenty years. What like you have to have like a certain like um distance to be able to like reinterpret something and like recontextualize something yeah like if you're just like the amount of spider-man films we've had oh my god so have Spider-Man. they really done anything different some of them have been better than others yeah, but like, yeah like definitely a, like, like a quality level. levels yeah but really have they been different sometimes films are good and you watch them because they're good and they don't need to be remade because they're already good yeah and like the great gatsby like that's not the first time there's been a great gatsby film but there was like enough time and they each have their own different vision that mm. they're you're like you're watching the same story but it feels different okay the beauty in the beast remake all it is is you've just cast people who can't sing as well as the original voice actors burn well you, they can't <laughs> This is not about Charmed anymore. No. The Charmed reboot, I'm like, fine, whatevs, don't yeah. really care. I want to pose to you then, like about Charmed. Yeah. Okay. What would they have to do to Charmed to make it like enough of a reboot for you? My concern with the Charmed reboot, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. This interplay with the original. Just take a step back before I go forward. Um, Mr. S, one of the things that he found weird about the new Ghostbusters film was that the original actors were in it, but they were different characters. And he yeah. was like, how does this work? This is strange. Yes. Um, so Hazel Hayes, noted YouTuber and filmmaker extraordinaire, um, I remember she did a tweet thing where she was saying that like she liked it, but if she'd have done it, what she would have done is, is you place it after the events of the original number of films, and it's like, you know, you don't always have to be like children of the originals, but like maybe the Ghostbusters were so good at their jobs that ghosts no longer became a problem, and so then everyone got complacent, and now the whole ghosts are back to being a problem, but the original Ghostbusters are too old so you've got like then you could have the same characters with the same backstories who like step in to take their place and you're like acknowledging the originals but you're doing your own thing and bursting off into your own ways and stuff like that my concern with the charmed thing is that how much of it is just going to be rehashing the original okay and i'm just basing all of this off of a trailer like of course yeah you know it's hard to say and i'll 100 judge it on the thing that is sent out there and i don't know because i don't know what they're focusing on so (laughs) do you have like anything else that like you want to talk about i mean the the problem is is that if i really wanted to i could do and i like this and i like this yeah (laughs) and like i don't just want to list off at you things that i liked yeah but i do want to like make it clear enough that there are lots of things that i liked because i feel like i've complained a lot (laughs) do you want to do it in like snap like bullet point format i guess okay i guess essentially what really hooked me into the series was the sisters and at the end of the day that's what i think is the strongest thing about this show is i think it's those sisters you know yes there's funny costumes and oh gimmicks and cool overarching big bads and stuff like this like we've got some great topics explored and themes and like balancing and stuff but what it is that really actually made me love this and want to watch eight seasons of this show is the sisters and the performances by the actresses and that sort of thing like that's at the core what i loved about charmed and that's what's going to be interesting to see about the reboot is are they also able to really bring that element to the show or is Mm -hmm. it going to be monster of the week type thing 
And um, are they going to be able to make you cry? Everything can make me cry, Mark. I weep easily. I don't feel like I can judge things by whether or not I cried, because I cry at most stuff. I very easily weep. <laughs> Even stuff that I'm not enjoying. If they have a sad moment at it, I'll cry. <laughs> like, I nearly cried at an episode of Kitchen Nightmares the other day. Like, <laughs> I have a problem. At the end of each episode, we each assign a number of flailings to the thing that we've been discussing. How many flailings do you give Charmed? Just measuring it by um, how much I am obsessed with it. Even though like, I feel like we have to qualify this every time. Because like, <laughs> I don't want to offend you. I'm going to give it five, I think. Because like, it was like a very solid um, of its time show. Yeah. Just like in terms of um, how much like free time I have. Probably not going to watch anymore. But that doesn't mean that like, I didn't enjoy the ones that I watched. Should you have the free time, I would recommend you work your way through some of season one to three. I'm very intrigued by the sun coming back plotline. So like I might delve into that. I can always just give you a list of episodes if you like. Yes. Um, Probably, yes. yes. <laughs> um, How about you? I'm probably going to give it a seven. Mm-hmm. Because if you'd have asked it to me when I was in mid-watching, yes. it probably would have been a little bit higher. Because I, I really, I found the, the the Cole being evil again and manipulating Phoebe plotline, I found a real struggle. And actually there was one or two episodes where I genuinely, I was like, am I done? It's where I felt like we were being so exploitative and it was just watching an abusive relationship play out. And you know, it was just like, that's not what I came to Charmed for. Okay. <laughs> You know, sometimes you're just like, I get that, like, we're making some points here, but also, like, this is a lot. Yeah. But on the whole, like, I did love this series, and I love the characters so much. I've, I have some issues with the actresses in real life. Some of them are being a bit, hmm. But um, that's a topic for another day. Okay. <laughs> but I, I feel like I still have a lot of love for the show. So I think since finishing the season, I've really been able to connect back to, like, what is it I actually love about it, which maybe got a bit murky towards that final season. But, like, we're back. We're back in the loving stage. Um, And, like, you are going to watch the reboot then i mean i want to watch the reboot i also have very little time to actually watch anything and i don't know how i can actually physically watch the reboot because cw does not exist in the uk okay so like you know eventually i'll watch the reboot but the lady loving zevi if it goes on netflix yeah that'd be great lady loving everywhere well i do i do like my <laughs> my lady <laughs> And that's the end of this episode of You Know What I Like. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and please leave a rating and a review. It helps other people find the show and we'd love to be able to play at more people. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to us ramble and please follow the podcast on Twitter at ykwilpodcast or drop us an email at ykwilpodcast at gmail.com. Come back next month where we get overly excited about Legally Blonde. See you then. Legally Blonde.